0: Are you building a green business that works for you and for the planet? Season 3 of Where Ideas Launch walks you through the process of ideating, creating, developing and scaling a green idea from start to success. I leverage my experience along with the experts and micro-entrepreneurs running green business models today. Join us for this short series of 16 episodes of Positive Business Impact for Change. Hello everyone and welcome to this show. This is Women in Sustainable Business, as well as Where Ideas Launched, a podcast. We're doing a double show in this episode. So thank you so much for joining us live on on the show tonight. We have with us Michelle Miller, who is a brand strategist uh, in the West Coast of the US. Uh, Michelle, why don't you say hello to everyone?
1: Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. Uh, My name is Michelle Miller, and I own Minty Made, which is a sustainable branding
0: and web design studio. Yeah, it's really wonderful to have you. And Michelle's been in the Women in Sustainable Business community for about six, seven months now. And she's been with us in the membership as well for just about the same time. And she's an incredible stylist and designer and all of these things. And she's now running a full service studio in Made. So I'm really excited to talk to her a bit about her journey to building this business and where where it all came from, and where she is now. I'll
1: start off with just a bit of my background. I have been in corporate and small business marketing for the past ten years, and I most recently worked for a nonprofit that was uh, based around uh, getting women into construction careers, and I really did enjoy that job. What I found throughout my most of my corporate career is just noticing more frequently the amount of waste, uh, the amount of energy that's consumed by all these major corporations. And I actually sat on a couple of different um, small focus groups within those organizations to talk more about sustainability within the office space, within the trade show industry, which I was in for a very long time as well. And during COVID and the pandemic, I was able to take on more projects that were based more around wellness and sustainable businesses, and that allowed me to go full-time with Minty Made as of January of this year. So it's been an exciting year. Uh, Business has stayed steady, and even though more people are out and about traveling now, there's still a large push for getting content out in the world, uh, making sure that you're differentiated amongst your competitors and Really showing, uh, you know, the impact that each small business, large business, everyone has um, as we're really in this all together for limiting our uh, global emissions.
0: Exactly. Thank you so much for for sharing that, and that's I think that's really important. There are a number of of sustainable brands out there now who are willing to make a change. So people who are prepared to not just say they want to change, but to make change happen, and I really applaud it. It's it's something that's that's so encouraging as we as we look around. But we also struggle with scaling these businesses and making them leverage the impact that they really want to leverage. And I think branding has an important role to play in that. I wanted to ask you, what are your what are your reflections on the things people get wrong when they try to brand themselves? Sure. I really talk about sustainable branding most of
1: the time. And that kind of has a double meaning in itself where uh, people tend to just do a quick fix on their branding. They'll pick a color that they like. They'll pick a font that they like, throw something up there, uh, make a logo quickly. And they don't really design with their target audience in mind. They design with what they like, what they think looks good. And that's not always what's best for your brand messaging. So that's the number one, I would say, common um, mistake that I see people making as they're starting out in their businesses. I also see people jumping on a lot of these trend trains. And for us in the eco community, we're familiar with fast fashion versus slow fashion. And it really is the same when it comes to branding. There's a lot of trendy scripty fonts out there. There's a lot of trendy flashy websites that, uh, that we see when we're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and I really tell people not to fall for jumping on that bandwagon and really sticking to what the roots are of your brand. Um, all of my brand work is deeply rooted in strategy, which is so important, especially for a business just starting out because it's a it's an investment. Um, not only... If you're DIYing your own brands, that's a lot of your time that you could be building your business elsewhere. But also if you invest in a brand and or web designer, um, that's a large investment too, because there's a lot of work that goes into that to make sure that your messaging is clear and that you're reaching the customers or the clients that you're trying to serve. Uh, I would say one other mistake that I see is people creating a logo or a brand around one product or one service in particular. And because our businesses, all of us in this club are you know set up to scale, you don't want to box yourself into a logo that just has a, uh, a photo of, uh, let's see, compostable utensils or something like that. Because if you offer more products down the road, then all of your branding has to change and you have to go back and revisit that
0: that's really really good advice actually uh, and pivoting a bit to to what are the sort of key things that we need to think about in succeeding so just right now at the moment we're running a copy a copy bootcamp in in the club but it's interesting to see how how many people are making discoveries about their ideal client as they go through this journey of copywriting um what are sort of the the key things to to make sure match up when you're when you're coming to a brand strategist and you want to go through what you want? What what sort of things should you prepare? What What's important to that process? Definitely. Um, through
1: my own strategy, when I work with clients, it's a couple of core pieces here. There's getting clear on your values. And what I learned through a course that I took uh, called the Eco Citizen course a couple months ago is try and separate your own personal values from the values of your business, because there are two different value basis there. And though you are the face of your business, or in my case, uh, I am with many small business owners, there's only, you know, solopreneurs in the mix, really hone in on what your brand voice is as well. So values, brand voice, the voice, if your brand were a person, I also always ask people to describe what their brand looks like what their brand smells like what their brand tastes like and it really evokes all of the senses around what your brand is aiming to accomplish and what your business goals are um, speaking of business goals that's another question that I ask before I even work with any business owners is what are you trying to achieve I really steer people away from oh I want more followers or oh I want you know more people to join my lives it's all about reaching that end customer converting them into, a buyer or a subscriber and um, really having clear business goals, I think is the number one thing I'd say to have prepared when you talk to a brand strategist, a copywriter, a photographer, any
0: service provider in general. Absolutely. These are important ingredients. And I was also trying to explain yesterday the difference between an ideal client and and a client. And I think it's really important for all of us to, to understand that. Having an ideal client does, is not an exclusive thing. It's not like you, you don't serve everyone, but it is about that brand focus, right?
1: Sure. One of the exercises I have my clients do is telling me about an ideal client and then I actually create an ideal client profile for them where I write a little story about, let's say, Maria. Uh, Maria goes to shop at the farmer's market every day with her reusable bags. Uh, she stumbles upon a uh, bulletin board at the end of the farmer's market, sees a business card that, that is intriguing and well-designed, and that's how that purchase path works toward, towards your business. Um, and that's really helpful for people because they can start to see, oh, my, this ideal client avatar, even though they're not real or fictitious, is a person that they can, they can see that whole streamline of them finding out for their business about their business and moving into inquiring. So uh, I love going through that exercise with people. They really appreciate that. When I ask at the end of our projects, what was your favorite part? They always say the fact that we were able to work together and come up with two to three of my ideal clients and they really start to see how that can, can come to life.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. So I want to, to pivot again about full service studios. So I know that this is something that has been sort of trending of late. So people start off maybe with branding only, but then they start bringing in other services, as I know you've done as well this year. And why is it important to to bring those things together in terms in terms of impact for for let's say your your customer? Sure.
1: So earlier this year, I made a decision to uh, when I speak to clients and they're interested in moving forward. I actually package copywriting, my web design or branding and photography all together because it allows me to coordinate and collaborate with both the copywriter and the photographer, both on a, a visual and you know a verbal and for copy written standpoint. And it really helps us all go in the same direction at once with what the brand voice is saying, uh, what the messaging should be, how the brand should portray itself with imagery and such. And it's very hard to work uh, disjointedly with either copy coming either from the client themselves or another copywriter and kind of fitting that square peg in the round hole uh, when you're trying to fit it all together. It's really a team effort and it sh- I, I'm i of the belief that it should be approached that way. And it's made a huge difference in just conversion rates that I've seen for people's websites, um, people signing on or buying products or services, and I will never go back to the way it was before. And I think a lot of others are moving in this direction for the same reasons. It's these business groups like this that you've started, Catherine, are an incredible help to fostering that collaboration with others.
0: Absolutely. So I think I think these are all wonderful tips. I want to. Now pivot to something that's more, even more important for all of us as we're all based online pretty much every day. And this is about the sustainability of your website itself. And you know, we like to do the pretty branding shoots and have the heavy images that look beautiful, but we know that this isn't good either for the environment. So I wanted to know if you'd talk a little bit about how to make your websites more eco-friendly or tips yeah, in that yeah. direction. I would love
1: to. In fact, I just read another book. Um, I have it right here. It's called, I believe he's a, I believe he's based in the UK. His name is Tom Greenwood. Uh, for anyone interested in this book, it's called Sustainable Web Design. Uh, it's a short read, but it has a lot of great tips and findings that I've uh, you know, added to my knowledge base. When you look at a website, as you just mentioned, uh, again, back to the, the trendy things that are going on in the web design world, we see a lot of flashy graphics, a lot of animation, a lot of things that move. And these are all large contributors to page weight. Page weight is uh, it's a complicated formula to try and figure out what the energy or what how much energy is being emitted from your website but it's a good baseline. Uh, You can measure that in data on your, there's actually a couple other tools that I'll share in the group, actually, after we get, we get finished up here that uh, show how much or how green really enjoyed plugging my own website into there and seeing where it ranked. Uh, Some other ways to limit your energy consumption on your website is to opt in or purchase your domain hosting from a green host. And there's a list of them. If you just type in green web hosting online, uh, they'll come up. A lot of these hosting companies are committed to hosting their platforms fueled by 100% renewable energy. And it's great that that's uh, that's becoming more popular as I've seen over the years. Um, I just switched mine over... Uh, From GoDaddy, which is a a large hosting company here, to um, green web platform hosting. And a lot of people worry, oh, will their networks go down or is it as reliable? And uh, it is. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, A lot of the large platform hosting companies have downtime, too. And I just sleep better at night knowing that I'm investing my money in a company that's um, committed to sustainability. Also, uh, being mindful of the colors that you choose. This was a really interesting find that I had a couple of months ago. Uh, White space. You would think that on a website, more white space is better because it's keeping things simplified. But it's actually the opposite. Dark colors uh, use a lot less energy on your screen than white, light blues, bright colors. So that was very interesting uh, for me to find out. Be mindful of your movement. So a lot of JavaScript code. Um, I won't go too. I won't uh, go into too much of a nerd mode on the development side. But a lot of code that's in websites is unused. So think of it as you would uh, garbage in a trash can. It's not there to be used anymore. There's no purpose to it. And so that's if you're working with a developer, asking those questions about what's needed. Um, You can accomplish a lot with compressed images, with uh, some streamlined code, and really still deliver a valuable and um, memorable customer experience without having all of these different um, elements that don't really add to that experience at all. And then uh, hiring a sustainable web designer that has these practices in mind that will walk through not only what materials you're going to print your marketing materials on, um, recycled paper, seed paper, all of that, but someone that really knows the ins and outs of what it is to create a sustainable website. One more thing to add is the whole accessibility piece. It's very valuable if you can create a website that can load quickly. And actually be accessed offline because as we're moving into more advertising into um, countries that don't have as fast internet speeds as maybe we do, it's very important for these websites to be accessible
0: by those who have uh, limited bandwidth. Really great tips! Thank you so much for for sharing so much with the group and community. What, what's the direction of your of your business for the next the next few years? Where Where do you see it going? Sure, um,
1: I actually plan to uh, host some workshops myself on sustainable web design, so that either. There can be tips helpful for people that are DIY in their own website and maybe don't have uh, the time or money to invest in a full free brand or website design right now. And I would also, I'm going to be focusing on creating uh, specific web pages or landing pages for eco businesses to show what their impact actually is. Um, those would be more uh, interactive, but not in a way that would create a lot of excess energy like I just talked about, but really showing what difference that company or that small business is making. Because we see a lot of sustainability pages out there. It just has a short paragraph on why they're committed to sustainability. But Patagonia, um, that's one of the companies I admire greatly. They have uh, a very uh, detailed page about each of their business practices how it contributes or limits global warming and I want more businesses to have the opportunity to show that and really uh, put numbers down to to show their commitment um, and not just write about it in a sentence and hope that's enough
0: All right thank you thank you so much Michelle this was really sure. insightful and we'd love to have you back sometime in the future when you have new news to share about where you've gotten to with uh, sustainable web design Thanks so much for for coming to the show. This episode was brought to you today by the EcoBusiness Growth Club by Catherine Anne Byam and by the space Where Ideas Launch. The EcoBusiness Growth Club supports positive impact SMEs with coaching, know-how and community support toward achieving the impact and reach they set out to make. You can find out more by connecting with Where Ideas Launch on Instagram or following the hashtag Where Ideas Launch across all of your social media.